Welcome to Triple Threat, the podcast with Jamel President, where it's good news and good vibes all the time, baby. When we left Portugal to come play with you and your system, Jamel, it was the best thing for Shane because you, you, you pushed him to do other things outside his box. You can follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Jamel President and on Twitter at President Jamel. Make sure to subscribe to this podcast as I'll be bringing you a new interview every month. Hey, what's up, guys? Coming up next, we got Jay and Tyler Christmas. Um, Very interesting story. Um, where father and dad um, and, and, and their, their relationship, their working relationship to get to one common goal as to be, the, be a great student athlete. Um, met Jay and Tyler in the gym every morning, um, just working out and I just, just had to talk to them because I, the energy that came off of them was, was just awesome. So um, uh, big ups to, you know, Jay Christmas for, being a great leader and a great dad, uh, he is a talent helping Tyler obtain uh, one of uh, his greatest goals. Before we get into the interview, um, ESPN interview Tyler, um, a great interview. So we're going to take you a little bit, let you hear a little bit of that before we get into the interview. All right, let's go. Tyler Christmas is joining us. He is a Duke commit. And uh, Somerville, South Carolina, his home, five-star national, his travel team, the five-star program, very respected, uh, and a kind of a name brand in the world of travel baseball. Explain to me, you know, your relationship with the five-star folks and the impact that group has had on you. Yeah, so uh, Andy Burris had a five-star, reached out to me uh, right before the summer of 2019. He had saw me at a event in North Carolina, the border battle, um, and said that he wanted me to come play for his national team, so um, that was a pretty easy decision for me, um, pretty highly ranked um, in the year before, so I, that was a done deal from the start. Um, I, I loved every aspect of it, five stars, a highly respected program um, for good reason, you know, the the saying that we always have was winners win. Um, so it was a bunch of guys that are winners, a bunch of guys all after the same thing. And Coach Burroughs did a great job of preaching that to us. But I was very thankful to be a part of Popstar. Outstanding stuff. Tyler Christmas, talented athlete. He's a number one shortstop in South Carolina. as ranked by a perfect game. You talked about Jennifer a moment ago. Let's talk about Jay, your father. He played college baseball. He played for Coker University. He also could box, which means there's a toughness, and we'll talk about his job in a minute, but there's a toughness that goes along with that. I'd love to know about your relationship and some of the things you've learned uh, with Jay as your dad. Yeah, I've got, a, I've got a great relationship with Dad. Me and him pretty much do everything together ever since I was growing up. Um, baseball was kind of in my future as a young kid, um, especially with Dad being – a baseball player, so he's taught me everything I know. Um, he coached me all the way up until I was 12, and then let me kind of venture off and 
see what other people had to offer. But uh, he's always he's always been there. You know, me and him go to the gym every morning. He lives with me. Um, me and him go to a local field together. He's just been there every step of the way. He's he's my idol. Really. Wow, those are those are those are big words and kind words and. Um, he also is in law enforcement and keeping folks safe. My blue light's lit for him to thank him for, for what he has done, at least for your part of the world. What's up, Tyler? What's up, man? <laughs> That's what's, what's up. up. What's it? Yeah, I'm messing around. Come here, look like this. He, he's, rep, he's representing, man. He's got to represent. I know. <laughs> so, uh, matter of fact, I help you out with that, Tyler. How about that? Hey, guys. <laughs> That's what's up. So we're going to get right into it, man. Um, like I said, you know, part of our podcast is is a part of, um, you know, Dave Foundation being that soundboard. And, and you guys, you know, being a student athlete, yourself, former student athlete, and your son, I think it's it's crucial that the community and people just need to hear your, your story. And I, I see you working out early in the morning, getting it. So I think all that need to be shared just on the, the timeline of, 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 of your dad, you know, playing uh, collegiately and then, you know, uh, implementing all those things you learned into yourself. So, you know, we're going to get right into it. Just talking about leading up to first talking about you, the dad, and then go right into Tyler and talking about, you know, uh, his expectations going to do. Okay. All right. So, you know, Jay, uh, talk about, you know, first in, in the immediate years, when you coming up and, and growing up, did you always start you would play collegiately? Like, what, what were some of the things you were doing to pre- prepare, you know, middle school and, and high school? Uh, to be honest with you, I never, it never crossed my mind I was going to get to play collegiately. I just played. You know, I was fortunate that uh, uh, the way I grew up was a little different than most people, man. I did, you know, back then, I mean, I think I told you before, man, I remember uh, I would leave middle school, ride my bike to the high school, because in eighth grade I was on varsity track. Right. And lead varsity track practice and then ride my bike by myself to football practice wow. and then lead football practice and then go to boxing practice at night and then ride my bike home and I wouldn't get home till eleven thirty at night. Wow. And I did that wow. did that for a good three or four months. Wow. Wow. And so uh yeah, I never thought about um actually playing collegiately. I was just a hard worker. And it just right. happened for me. You know, I think that's a little different uh I think it's a different beast nowadays with social media and everything like that. that these kids are allowed to use. Um, you're relying on just playing hard, you know, and I was fortunate enough that someone saw something in me and uh, picked me up. So did you have like different schools recruiting you or, or just did you want to go there? Or how, how did you obtain the scholarship? Yeah, well, um, to be honest with you, it was, it was football. You know, football was my thing. I thought for sure this is what I want to do, you know, it, I had a, a scholarship offer to Charleston Southern at the time, which I think it was uh, still the Baptist College back then. Right, uh, right. Uh, and just funny enough, we were, you know, my senior year, we were doing a, um, a camp down in Florida for high school ball, baseball. And uh, I don't know, I ran some ridiculous, on an infield, in, in, routine infield ball, I ran it out and beat it out in the first. And uh, Coach Smotzer, who was at Coca College at the time, was starting up a team for the first year in 1992. And uh, I remember being in the house, you know, that's why we had old rotary phones with the long cords. You know, you had to walk around. That's when you actually had to talk to girls. You didn't send them no snap or something. <laughs> and uh, 
I remember my mom just handed me a phone and said, some guy wants to talk to you, some coach wants to talk to you. And I got on the phone with Coach Schmotzer, and, you know, that's basically how it happened. For sure. And I got on the phone with him, and I looked at my mom. I said, I'm not playing football. I'm going to go play baseball. For sure. and she was like, you sure? I said, you know what? And that split section, I thought about it and said, I don't feel like hitting people the rest of my life. You know, for, for four more years in college, I played defensive backup. Like, I don't feel like doing that. I mean, this seems sure. like it's a, a better a better deal. And I, it's, I don't know, because I played football my entire life, and baseball was only a small part of it. Right. It was, uh, I don't know. It, was, it sounded like you like was an all-around pure athlete, though. You know what I mean? Yeah, I let her, and then, let her in five And then, and then with, those, with those work ethics, it allowed you to, 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 to be versatile and, and, and be obtaining the opportunity that, that came your way, which you obviously did. Yeah, it was uh, – it's, it's, look, it's all, – we all got stories, man, growing up. You know, at the time, you never think about it. You know, uh, I was a, a junior Olympic boxer which you know, that's like my, like my claim to fame when someone says, hey, what's something we, that's interesting about you? I'm like, yeah, well, I got picked for the Junior Olympics for boxing. Wow. I just wow. come from a poor family and couldn't go to Florida and train. Right, <laughs> you know? right. for sure. But at the time, I didn't really know what that meant. And you get older and like, man, I could have damn did that. For sure. You know, for sure. Um, so to get back into the, to the college years, like, you know, being on scholarship and, you know, because some things we're going to talk about that, that Tyler is going into, that first year going to college, was it a rude awakening for you? Like, talk about the playing time and, and some of the, the, the adversity that you go through just for as far as teammates. Yeah, well, it was, a, it was a rude awakening because you come – I mean, I grew up around here. I was in Hanahan. Uh, you you kind of a big fish in a small pond. Right. Is the, the, old, the old rule of thumb that people say, you know. The, and then uh, I get to college, and when I went to Coker, it wasn't Division Two, It was NAI. Oh. And so – when I go there thinking that, hey, man, this is going to be easy for me. I know I'm a good athlete. You know, I, I, I'm a big man over here. Well, I, I get to college. And, again, it's a first-year team, so he brought in a bunch of JUCO players. Mm. So there's a bunch of juniors and juniors that started this team. And it was – I think my freshman my, – my class coming in was uh, – I think there was nine freshmen. Right. And, uh, yeah, I realized right then is what I tell him and his friends is, like I, we talked in the gym the other day, I realized I was there with men For because sure. I was 17 when I started in college. For sure. And now, now I'm there with 19 and 20 year olds who've been playing baseball for two years and been in the system. Um, so yeah, it was, but what it did for me because uh, I'm an aggressive guy and I don't like to lose for sure. is I worked twice as hard because sure. I wanted to be on the field. I didn't want to fail. For and sure. So, uh, so, so that, 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 that time in, in college, did you, Thought about playing at the next level? Do you did you want to play at the next level? Yeah, I think we all do. Um, for but sure. For me, uh, you you see that there's other talent that's much better than you are. Correct. And so, as a, as my coach once told me one time, I'm not living in Disneyland. Right. I knew this was going to be it for me. Um, you know, as much as it was, you know, I went to three three tryouts for professional teams. These little open walk-in tryouts that you know sure. kind of. You know, the coaches let you talk about going to and you go and, you know, look, man, it, it wasn't going to happen. Sure. Um, guys that get recruited at small schools like that are usually pitchers and they're usually throwing in the upper 90s. Right, right. So that, that time you spent in college, you know, and playing adversity with, with coaches and teammates um, and then, you know, reading the bio, like you, you're up to about 20, 20 plus years in law enforcement. Um, did you think you being productive in, in, in your career – did you use some of those things you learned from being in a, in a team environment at, at Coker 
and, and some of those things transferred to, to your career? Most definitely. I mean, do I say uh, that because, you know, and I said that, I asked that question because when I played it in college in Charleston, like Coach Crest, we had to be places. Tyler, we had to be there at 7.13, 7.27. Like, how are you going to be late for 7.13? So the, the time issue with him was so important because he has so much talent on the team that you, one mistake can really get you, you know, off the rocker. So that's why I'm asking your dad. What are some things that you learned in college that, that you apply to your professional career? Well, I think I already had established, because, um, again, my dad wasn't around when I was younger. For sure. My mom worked two jobs, and I got three brothers. Right. So there's four boys yeah. out there running the streets. Um, we, we, were, we were actually a little crazy, but we were good. Um, For sure. And I didn't know I had a work ethic, if that makes sense, because you don't think about those things when you're just doing it. Makes sense. But college, Coach Smotzer really honed in and taught me a work ethic time management, things of those natures that play into police work. And I think uh, my unique uh, situation growing up helped me relate to people that I, that I have to deal with. And I right. think it's uh, what's made me successful in, in my, what I know I'm successful in my career. Right. Um, yeah, it's, it, it's definitely, you know, the team aspect, because again, you know, you, you know, with police officers, you know, it's, you know, the old running joke, man, it's the largest gang in, in the United States, you know? Sure. Is the police sure. department, police, police officers, a huge, it's a huge upcoming man with uh, how we are. Um, but it's it's playing on a team for sure, for sure. You know, it's still it's still a team team oriented profession because you're relying on me just like I'm relying on you because everybody wants to go home at the end of the day. And you and, and you're talking about opponents and and your teammates. You have got to build relationships. You got to be able to read people, which is all law enforcement. You got to be able to do those things. Um, so we're going to transition into you know, Tyler a little bit because, you know, after, after talking and reading your bio, you can see how the hard work, the discipline, the things that, you know, made you successful, I can see, you know, you implement those things into Tyler, right? And, 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 and when I first, you know, I think I probably watched you guys about two or three weeks before I said something, right? Because I was just wondering, what I was really watching, I was watching Tyler's temperament, right? Because I knew he was his dad. I knew you had the book walking around. So, you know, I knew you were a coach or a trainer. I knew you were his dad. But I watched Tyler's temperament because I wanted to see if any was eye rolling or any body language. Never. Never any of that, right? So, and that's when I, I started, like, you know, I, I want to talk to them. I want to ask them a question, see what's about, because I, I want that story. I want that feedback. So, and I asked you a question, do you ever get any any riffraff from, from Tyler on the kickbacks. He's like, no, he, he, he's bought into that. So, you know, going into your, your, your law enforcement and, and your career, and then you started, you know, Tyler at three years old, what were some of the things, that, some of the challenges, some things that you did early to get him going? Because, I mean, 6.30 in the morning, like, kids are not up there early doing that. And we know the preparation of what you're trying to do getting him ready for college because they're men when he get into college. But talk about the, 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 the smaller years, the younger years of your mindset and how you started developing that. You know, I didn't have no script to go by. I wish right. I did. I wish somebody would have handed me a script and said, hey, this is, this is the key to success with, with, with trying to be a parent. Well, and that's, why, that's why we got Triple Threat Podcast, big guy. Yeah, yeah, I know, man. Uh, <laughs> So, so the, well, I, again, it was, it was, and, and he, he knows this because I, I joke with him a lot about it when we do stuff. 
is he's my guinea pig for the, my two daughters, you know. For he sure. said to be the Smart. guinea pig for things that we do. Um, but I've always uh, did my career in coaching the same way to where I know I don't know everything. So I'm not scared to ask you questions for sure. and pick people's brains. I do the same thing you do as I people watch. When I watch successful coaches and I'm able to talk to them, I want to know what I don't know. For sure. So I want to go, I mean, even when Banks Faulkner was over at Somerville High School coaching baseball there and they were successful, I went over there and watched Banks' practices, unbeknownst to him. I went over for a week worth of practices and just watched wow. how he did things wow. to try and learn to see why, what is he doing is different than what I was doing at Northwood to help me be successful in what, wow. what we're doing. And this time my message, we got Coach Earl Brown. And Jamal, you know, and, and that's why I tell folks, uh, I read about kids that can play, and, and, and uh, well, they got two more years to develop. I didn't give one, if seventh grade, if you can play, buddy, you, you, you out of there. For sure. You see, sure. because why waste the talent, give that talent a chance to develop with, with the older kids, and, uh, and I think that's what made the program, you know, with guys like you started in the seventh grade and all that. You see, I, for maybe, maybe, probably seven, eight years, I didn't have to worry about rebuilding. <laughs> because the kids were always, you know, always coming. Five leave or seven leave, five or seven, move up and, and everything keeps, keeps rolling along. For sure, for sure. See? And again, that's a testament to the people that you all played with in your community. Now, let's get back to the interview. But to answer your question is, it was trial and error. And like I think I told you, it wasn't good at first when he was young because I was very disciplinarian with it. How I was, my methods were like, this is how you're going to do it. And you're going to do it my damn way. And it's the only way. Um, and that wasn't successful. For sure. Because I was on him all the time. And then I always knew because my coaches said things, baseball is a game of failure. You fail way more in baseball than any other sport on the planet. For sure. It's, you know, you think about in, in respects to basketball, you can play basketball. Um, and if you go one for 20 from the field, you know where you're going to be at? On the bench. For sure. Right? For sure. Uh, in baseball, you can go for one for 20 to plate and you're still playing. Mm. You see what I'm saying? Right, there's a right. there's an acceptable amount of failure because mm. it's so hard to play. For sure. And hitting a baseball is extremely it's the hardest thing you can do in any sport. Right. Um, so I implemented fun things when he was young. You know, we did medicine ball stuff, but I made it into a game. Hey, if you can get the ball past me or whatever, mm. I'm gonna do the ice cream. You know, things of that nature, just to try mm. to get him. He didn't know it at the time, but I was trying to get him to do things I was manipulating him into what I wanted him to do and get, get a certain goal task. But mm -hmm. yeah, there was moments where he would get pissed off when he was younger because I was wanting him to do a little something, certain thing. It was hard to, to explain it mm -hmm. to a, to a, a four-year-old right. because I knew if I could get this thing, you know, ingrained in him young, that it was going to take off. And he, when he, when he's eight years old, he was going to be the best eight-year-old in the world. You know, that's sure. you know, your, your mindset as a parent. Sure. Um, and so I, like I told you this, which is extremely crazy and weird, but it clicked for me because 
I was his coach, I was his dad, but when he would do stuff on the field, I'd be the first one. He got it worse than everybody else on the team. Right. I wanted right. perfection, you know. For sure. Um, and, and, sit, and I racked my brain at night because I'd come, I'm like, man, he's pissed at me. I don't understand, you know, I don't know what I'm doing wrong. How can I explain this better, you know? So we'd work harder. And that wasn't working. For sure. So Mike Tyson's documentary came out. And I was a huge Mike Tyson guy. I boxed. I was like, I got to see this thing, man. I watched it. And he was extremely honest about everything when I watched that. Always is, yep. Yeah, and what I took away from that was him talking about positive reinforcement, which he didn't know at the time either when he was young. Cosimato was just shoving it down his throat, this positive reinforcement of uh, making him. And he said his mindset was he didn't know at the time, but Cosimato had made him so confident that when he stepped in the ring, if his opponent blinked, he knew he was going to be, he knew he was going to win. Mm. You know, he used different ver verbiage, but I'm not going to use it. He said he sure. knew he was going to win. Sure. Um, and so I implemented that with him. I was like, let me change my approach of how I'm dealing with my son because he is my son and I love him. I don't want there to be conflict with us outside of the ball field. And so I started making everything, no matter what he did, even if it was wrong, I was telling him how great of a job he did. For sure. And it was sure. positive reinforcement, positive. And again, I'm telling you, in a short period of time, I'm talking within three weeks, it was like a whole different kid. Right. And I was like, right. light bulb went off. And that's just my story. You know, that's just what worked for us. And, and I was like, man. And then it went into what I, I trained dogs for the sheriff's office. And I said, damn, it's the same thing I do with dogs. Right, you know, right. we, I do all this positive reinforcement with the canines to get them to do what I need them to do. Shit, it works. I, it works on kids, too. But I don't think it's your story. I think it's I think that's just, uh, as humans, we, we look for that because you got to think it's, it's already a, 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 a bias or understanding because, you know, you, you, that's your dad or that's your son. So it's going to be a different, you know, it's, it, it, you got to be very careful about your, like I say, the disciplinary of it because it's come, they think it's coming from a, <clears throat> a, a pointing versus a teaching aspect of it, right? You're so right. I think what the audience, what you just heard is that the positive reinforcement <clears throat> is, is crucial. But here's a fine line because you want to tell them too much that it's not true, but you want to give them enough confidence that, they can get through a tough time or keep, you know, keep progressing yes. and move on. And that's kind of what happened. It was uh, mm -hmm. very lopsided where I went to, no matter what it was, I was trying to let him know he was doing a good job. And then once he got comfortable and I saw him grow, I was monitoring what I was doing. And so I started then implementing mm. a little bit of negative reinforcement. Mm. This mm. is, you know, and then, and then again, trial and error, but it was working. For sure, for sure. It was, uh, it, it was working, so um, I was happy with the results. And so right. I always – and then I always made sure he played with older kids. For sure. Uh, cool. I wanted him – I did not want him being the best kid on the field because there's no room to grow. Right. I wanted him to grow as much as I could get him to grow. And, uh, and, I, and obviously it worked um, for us. For sure. Um, and what we did. And, you know, it's, uh, uh, it's very – satisfying as a parent i mean i'm satisfied as a coach whenever i, I see a kid that i taught to do something or whatever it had sure. success but as a parent it's even more um uh, and again you know uh, uh that at times you know because my wife uh we were we were together since high school so she dealt with me you know after every game you know and mm. stuff uh mm. and i was a total a-hole mm. like if i had a bad game you didn't want to talk to me because right. you know right. i'm one of those guys 
I would leave the game pissed off, and then I would go find something to do to try and get better at whatever, whatever it was that sure. I messed up. For sure. Uh, and so she knew all that stuff, and so it was, I had to buy, let her buy in too because if he did something wrong at a game, to get in a car, she's on him. Right. Why did and you, you do this? You made, a, you made a good point about that audience that, you know, and, and I tell parents all the time, when your kid's leaving a game, you pick them up, the last thing you want to do is talk about how the game went because let them dictate their atmosphere. They're going to come in, hey, mom and dad, I had 20 points tonight. Hey, I had three hits. Then you can ask questions. But if they come in and don't say anything, just leave it alone. Just don't say anything because then eventually once it dies down, then you can ask questions. Oh, they'll bring it up to you. That alleviates the conflict because kids don't want to talk about that. You know what a kid told a parent when we're training? There's like, listen, you're not out here doing this. I am. You're not taking this beating. My, my, my body is, my mind. So relax a little bit and, and, and let, me, let me figure it out. And that's important. It is. And I've seen over all the games I've coached and been a part of and watched him, there's some crazy parents out there. And you, and you, sure. and you look back and you look, I am damn glad that's not me. For sure. And I'm glad that's not my kid. Um, and, again, everybody does what they do. But it was important to get my wife to buy into what we were doing, and she did. We, we have a good connection. We've been together for a long time. Right. Um, and it translated into him and his success on the field. And, and again, you know, yeah, he's going to have mistakes. All kids do in baseball. Again, game of failure. You're gonna, you know, like I told you in the gym, my thing was is you can control laziness. If I think you're lazy, um, I'm going to say something. For sure. And then it became where after games, you know, if there was something, he had bought in and he trusted my opinion as well to where he'd say, hey, Dad, um, that one at bat, you saw, you know, the curve or whatever, trying to make adjustments. And he's, he's learning how to make in-game adjustments on what was going on. He was doing that as a young age, which right. was way ahead of what other kids were doing. Um, yes, so it's, 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 it's been sure. a good thing. And he's uh, – sure. what, what do you – so, when, you know, middle school and high school, what are some things that you're doing um, that you did to prepare him for high school? Um, I mean, besides the workouts, um, like – the more mental, you know, buy into, like say, your, your, your parent, your, your, your wife had to buy into it. Were there extra things you were doing out like travel ball, things of that nature that you involved in? You want to touch base on that? Yeah, that's, well, baseball is a different animal than some sports, you know, and again, again, with basketball, you got the same kind of animal where you have these, uh, was it AAU? You know, you, you got these guys and you, and again, you got, there's certain entities you want to be a part of. Correct. Because you know they have a history of getting kids recruited. They know coaches. Um, and, again, the, the more talent you can get in one, one place, the better chance you got of getting recruited. Because these guys, these guys are going to go out there and look at the talent. They're not going to come. If you want a team and you're the best player, now I, I, I think when we grew up, I do believe a little bit that if you were good, someone finds you. That's not the case anymore. There's, they, they don't need to do that because we've created – I say we as society, with with sports in general, we've created this beast to where you know you got all these entities now where all these teams come and converge in one spot. They just go to one spot now. They go to Florida, or Atlanta, exactly. and watch these games, and they can see, you know, fifty kids they want to look at in one spot instead of having exactly. to travel all over the place and it's saving them money and their budgets and everything else. I mean, it's, uh, so we strategically, I look at coaches what their records are, what they're doing with these travel teams. And, again, 
we knew going in it was going to cost money. For sure. So we would set money aside every year knowing this is what's going to happen. But I do believe if we didn't strategically attack the programs we did and get him in front of the coaches that we did, it would have been much harder to get to where he's at. Right. And cause, because know? what you just said just now has nothing to do with skill level or talent. It's all about exposure and, and, and being in the right place at the right time with, you know, with talent and skill included. But if you got the talent and skill and you're not being exposed and one seeing you, does it really make a difference? No. And I'm going to say this. And again, it's just what we did. Um, and, and I, and I say this, and I don't know how people listening to this. The next thing you know, college coaches are going to get inundated tomorrow with 10,000 emails, you know. But uh, we strategically said, look, man, I don't know what everybody else does, but I know what we're going to do. So right. he was in eighth grade. I need a list of 10 schools that you want to go to school at. It had nothing to do with sports. Mm. These are schools that if you can't play baseball tomorrow, you're still going to be – this is a school you still want to attend, and I want you listening from 1 to 10, you know, in ranking. and you know, realistic, because this was eighth grade now. I've sure. got those, just like you did when you were coming. I got these ideas of my, hey, he's going to play Division One at one of these schools, and he's an extremely smart kid. So you need to have these academic schools in there, all right? And so he did his list. You know, fortunate for us, Duke was number one, all right? Mm-hmm. So you had Duke, Clemson, UCF, some of these schools that he wanted to go to. So boom, all right, now we're going to do these videos, all right? So – Workouts, baseball workouts, anything he's doing, grades in school, any awards he gets. You know, we, he sent out a, um, an email to every one of these coaches. They were all individualized. They weren't the same, mm-hmm. specifically to those coaches and their programs. And uh, this is why I want to attend your school. Uh, and after that, he's basically done an introduction. And, again, we have a unique last name. Sure. So we're going to use that strategically attack it as well, correct? Sure. And that's why I told Smart. him, you got to use what God gave you, man. Smart. And so uh, he's, he's attacking these. And every three weeks on the Dom, videos, videos, videos. Now, again, they can't contact him for NCAA rules. What they can right. do is contact his high school coach, say, hey, tell Tyler Christmas to call me at this number at this time, right? Sure. So, again, and in my profession of what I do, I didn't put on a dog suit. You know, he's taking dogs all the time for me, helping me train. So I'm like, hey, man, mm. we're going to implement this into your recruiting because grown men won't get in this suit and take dogs, bro. Mm-hmm. Smart. All right? Mm. Yeah, you, you laughing now, I bet you won't put that suit on, Smart. you know, because it hurts. And so now when Christmas comes to mind in their head, that's that kid that was taking them damn dogs, you Smart. know? Smart. And so Smart. strategically doing these things and then – the, the relationships I've made over my lifetime, and you met him at his signing, Bo Thompson. For sure. Played at the Citadel, got drafted by the Yankees. He's a baseball guy for South Carolina. Britt Reams, who coached at the Citadel, played professionally for St. Louis and Pittsburgh. You know, um, my coach from college. Well, I happen to be fortunate enough that Coach Smotzer, when he was at Coker coaching, Coach Pollard was at Pfeiffer. For sure. And he's the head coach at Duke. So, of course, he reached out and followed, hey, so you're using the, the, not so everybody has those resources, by the way. My resource. We're using what we got to try and strategically attack these guys, but the videos helped. Hey, what's up, guys? Check this out. If you're coming into the Charleston area, or maybe leaving at the Charleston area, and you want to avoid long lines and be greeted by friendly, sweet people, 
Go check out Mark over at Avis and Budget Car Rental at 7685 Northwoods Boulevard. When you go see Mark and you mention Triple Threat Podcast, you receive 30% discount on your rental. They also offer compact to large SUVs and vans to rent with quick, easy transaction. And check us out and limited mileage on most rentals. So give Mark a call at 843-572-3190. Don't forget to mention Triple Threat Podcast. This is sophomore year. Now we have Clemson, UCF, Duke, uh, Carolina. All these schools are coming to his high school games to watch Wow. Him. Wow. Based on those videos. Right. You know, and again, we strategically hooked him up with a hitting coach who, you know, uses social media. And again, those coaches are calling him, hey, what about Tyler Christmas? I saw his video. Mm. And again, that's what eventually led to us getting hooked up with Five Star National, the uh, last, tri- the, the final trial ball team he was with the last couple of years, um, which helped him with Andy Burris. That guy played professionally. He knows a ton of coaches. But again, it's all it's all relationships because these coaches trust that guy. Hey, is Tyler Christmas going to be able to play at a Division One level? He's been playing for you all summer, you know. Right. Again, right. He, he's a hard worker. He earned a spot on that team. Um, you know, Andy recruited him. He called me off a video he saw on social media and says, "Hey, Mr. Christmas, you know, uh, this is who I am. I, you know, I want your son to play for my national team. He's at, he's based out of Georgia." I said, "Well, look, that's my, not my decision. I'm going to give you Tyler's number. You talk to him." And right. So that's what he did. Because again, it's his life. For sure. I'm helping, we're helping navigate the water as his parents, but it's his life, and he needs to make these decisions for himself on what he wants to do. So we drove and, him up to, drove him to Atlanta. He, he had a workout with Andy, and you know, that's what he wanted to do. And get Andy help catapult. You know, I can tell you it's crazy for baseball, but that one summer from his sophomore year going to his junior year of high school, all those coaches already watched some high school games. They go and watch him in travel ball. Every single travel ball game that he participated in that summer, there was at least 20 to 30 Division One college coaches watching every game because of the talent that was on the team. That's crazy. That's, that's why I told him, hey, man, this is the pinnacle of what we've worked for, so now it's you to do it in front. Right. And so you got to perform. And, and, and that's awesome. And I hope parents are, are listening to that because it's an investment. It's, it's not – I don't care how talented you are. You can't just wait and someone has to wait until someone knock on your door to give you what you want. You got to, and what you said was crucial was writing those letters and identifying what you can bring to each one of those schools. It, it, it wasn't a cookie cutter approach to the letter, always specified on what the school, what you can bring to the school. So those things that you have to do, you have to, you have to spend money, you have to invest, you got to spend time and you, and you have to have a, a plan. And which was crucial. Again, we, you have to do that 10 schools and have to figure it out from, you know, what fits, what fits, well for you in your situation you're right and again it's you know, we're very fortunate that it's worked out for him you know and uh we're proud parents you know obviously you know it's and and, and i'm a little um now i'm working on the, on the daughters you've seen her in the gym the other day man yeah. she's extremely yeah. athletic looking uh, uh but now i'm attacking the soccer thing because that's what she does right well I, I grew up in the baseball world i don't know nothing about the soccer world so it's this is going to be a and she's going to be the guinea pig for the younger one with the soccer thing. But we're going to attack that all, the same way. I th- I'm about to say, I think it's all, it's all the same way. And I think Tyler is a, is a, is, is a great 
uh, example for what they're going to have to lead to. You know what I mean? Like the fruits is, is right there. So I think the mentality is there, the work is there. It should be an easy transition. Tyler, I want to talk to you for a little bit, get your feedback on some things. Right. As far as like, you know, your dad's got you out there early, working hard, busting your butt, and now things are starting to come into fruition, right? Like, what, what, what do you tell, you know, kids that's, 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 that's looking at this, listening to this as freshman, sophomore, um, that's really, really want to get placed? What do you tell them about work ethic and how important, you know, work ethic and, 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 and listen to your, to, to your dad, is how, how important that is? Yeah, so one thing that he's always preached to me, something that his college coach told him is there are no free lunches in life. Um, so I've kind of lived by that. You know, you got to go out day to day and work and chase what you're after. So, I mean, that's what it is, bottom line. If you're not, if you're not working towards something, what are you doing? For sure. Uh, so that's kind of how I go day to day with my routine. And what, are, what, are, what, what, what drives you, though, besides the work ethic, do – is is this is this journey something that you're doing for your dad or something that you're doing for your mom or who, who are you doing it for? And I ask that question because, you know, um, I think having an incentive per se, you know what I mean? Like, because if it's a personal goal, that could be a limited effort when it's personal. Are, are, are there other influences around you that, you know, that's that's pushing you every day? Because Get up, I'm pretty sure when that alarm goes off, your dad wake you up like, you don't want to go to the gym. You don't really want to. Like, I mean, come on. You don't really yeah. But there's something like, I got to go and I got to get up. Like, what, what is that? Yeah, it's actually, um, I did this whenever, whenever Duke first reached out to me. Um, I printed out a piece of paper that had Duke's logo on it, and I, I still got a bunk bed, so I taped it to the top of my bunk bed so every night i go to bed i look at that and every morning when i wake up i look at that so it was nice like a daily reminder you know this is what you're after don't get sidetracked nice nice and your dad made a good point earlier about when he got to freshman got to be a freshman in college and we all do you're going against you know seniors and um some of them are uh, fifth year seniors you know what i mean right um, what's your expectation going in as a freshman um if you hit a roadblock, what, what would you do? First, would you call your dad? How, how would you handle roadblocks? Because it's going to happen, right? You're going to, like, that's just, that's just going to happen. So anticipating it, how do you, how do you, how do you think you're going to react to that? Yeah, again, I'm not expecting anything to be handed to me. I know that. That program, they're damn good. They're top 25. So um, I'm going to have to get up there and I'm going to have to work. Um, I have no doubt there's going to be struggles during that time. Um, I know I'm going to keep in contact with him and the whole family. So um, he'll constantly be dropping in and giving me his input. He's never really steered me down the wrong path. So For sure. I trust his opinion. Um, but, I mean, I'm just going to have to bust my ass. And that's what and, I'm going to continue to do. And I asked that question because I don't know if you listen to Tony Shufo um, and um, um, Nick Shufo's uh, – interview and he talked about him being a dad right and not being talking about baseball all the time and that's a question for you jay do you feel getting at that point where it's it's too much um of or of influence or do you or when when do you feel like you should you know let get add more links to that chain per se 
Well, that's why I stepped back when he was 12. I quit coaching him on the field. And I made him, you know, which I say was sad because the kids you were playing with were 14. Um, and, you know, the good thing is all those kids he played with, all of them are playing, most of, almost all of them are playing college baseball somewhere. So we had a really good team, really good group of kids. Um, but when they were 14, he was 12, I told him, hey, this is it. You know, we had to talk. You, you, you know, I'm not saying you cut off from me. I'm still going to do workouts with you. For sure. But you need sure. to be coached by somebody else other than me because I know my limitations. I can only take you so far, and we know what your goals are, and I'm not going to be able to get you there. For sure. I'm at least smart enough to know that. And so we, that's when we started going to these travel. You know, he went and played for the Canes, and then he started going, you know, started doing these other, other entities until we found the right home. You know, he's, he's kind of navigating the waters. And again, it was based on, um, you know, some of it was based on money sometimes, man, because it's expensive. For sure. I mean, it's, and again, we, we, we trying to, you know, I'm a police officer, ain't like I'm, I'm making a million dollars, dude. So we, we having to, you know, budget things because we have two other kids and, you know, sure. mortgage and everything else. Um, sure. But it's, it's us knowing what we want for our kids and helping them create options. And that's what our whole goal was with, with our kids, you know, and again, my wife, you know, graduated magnum cum laude. She's extremely smart. She does that aspect of what we do with the kids. And I do the, the physical training part, which works out well. For and sure. so, um, yeah, it's going to, it's, it's, I, I'm proud of him in the aspect that he works hard and the girls can thrive off of what they've seen hard work does. Uh, and that's what we, we've always wanted. You know, I think I told you in the gym that you and uh, Coach Peavy, I was saying, you know, we, you want your kids to be successful. I don't know any parent that doesn't want them. You know, and just like with us spending money, I, you know, I, I kind of get – it's kind of weird to beg your parents, especially with soccer. And they'll make these comments like, oh, you know, I, I don't know if she's going to play in college. I hope she has fun. I'm like, don't lie to me. We're, we spend – you you spending $3,000 out here for your, your daughter to play on a, on a U13 soccer team. Right. Right. You want her to play college soccer. Right, right. All right. I so hate let's that. feel – and, that. and that's what I expect. This is what our motto is in here. You're going to be athletically and academically, you're going to be successful. In this time, my message, we got Travis Smith. When I got the Mercer, it was uh... – there were we were five. There were 500 just on that line the last three years, and so the coach made this pitch to me. You know how recruiting is like, hey, see you can do this, this, and this, and feeling like this. And so we had two seven footers. We had a point guard that was pretty solid, really, really solid. I shouldn't say pretty solid. He was really solid. Um, I was a combo, and we just had size for for a mid major school. We had a lot of size, and so I filled into a role where I could just be up and. And I could play my game smoothly. I could hook guys up when I needed four points when I needed to. So in both of those years, my first year, I probably averaged like nine points right at 10. Then my second year, I was the team leading scorer. And we took down some big time teams, went to the NIT. Now let's get back to the interview. And what you, what you just said right there is crucial, Jay, because Parents don't want to speak it because you know why they speak it and the kid don't get a scholarship, then they, they feel bad about themselves. But what's the point of, like you say, you, you invest the money, you travel and do all those things, but you're not doing the, the extra things that, that really need to get it done. You're just throwing out there and, and, and having them play. 
And that's not going to that's not going to cut it at the end of the day. Well, and I can tell you that's the big thing with him in the work ethic is, and you know, again, uh, I know, you know, I grew up here. I know a lot of people, and they always Tyler this, Tyler that. And then once he committed to Duke, and he saw everybody's calling, you won't know what the secret sauce is of success. How's he getting, you know, what did you do? Like, they think that, like, someone made some phone call and then he just got these offers or something. It's, I'm like, man, you ain't, I said, I'm at the gym. We've been there since, he's in eighth grade. We have gold gym every morning at 5.30 to 6 o'clock. We get there and he's been lifting weights. And I ain't seen you in there once. Right. So, so what are we talking about here, man? You know, it's hard, it's hard work. you got to get in there and work. And, again, it was about me creating work ethic for my children to be successful in life, not about, just this sure. one goal about getting into Duke or whatever. Of course, that's part of it. That's all part of it. But it's about being successful in life because I know if I teach them work ethic now and they understand that they're going to have to work for what they want, that no one's going to hand them something, then me and my wife has done our job as parents and our kids are going to be successful. And, um, and you made a good point. And that's why, you know, in, in closing, I want to just make this point. You know, when I said I first was watching you guys, like, like, I wouldn't think about podcasts. I, th- I was thinking about, man, that's a, that's, a, that's a dad and a son. That's a beautiful relationship. You know what, I mean? you know what I'm saying? Like, look at that. That's awesome. My son is three. Um, I mean, he started playing. He was three. I know all the ins and outs of recruiting, all that stuff. So I'm looking and learning just like how you're learning. The positive reinforcement you're talking about, I already started all that, right? So when I see our relationship, like, it's not a, I'm not jealous of the relationship, but I'm like, I envy it because like, I want that. All, all dads want to, want to be proud. Like when I saw you at the signing, like you was, you was a, you was a, like just a, just a happy, like a, you know what I mean? And, and that's awesome, right? Because of the, the hard work you implemented, like, and he's proven to make things happen. So, you know, big ups to you for that. And, and, you know, that's, 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 that's something to be said because all dad, Dads want that, want that experience. We'll sit in the stands across the leg and pop the popcorn and talk about their son. Like, what other great thing is? is I'm sure guys that guys that work are tired of me showing them videos. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's what I've been doing with my daughter lately, man. I mean, I, I pull out, man. She's been, you know, she's coming in the gym now, and I'm like, hey, you know, she, she's a, she just, she's a different beast. You know, she got cheerleading and everything else, so it's hard to find the time because I'm not going to overwork her either. For sure, you know, and I think. And it's just so I can cut this in there, man. Like a lot of these guys, especially with baseball, it's become a year round, you know, commodity because it's big money. And so all these coaches are pushing play all year long, play all year long. We haven't done that since he was 12 U. Mm-hmm. you know, because again, I always controlled the innings. I always controlled what went on to how many games we played. But when I can't got taken out of my hands and he's playing for somebody else, I'm still going to control that to it to an extent sure. because, I don't want him getting his body getting abused, him getting wore out because I see it. I've seen it with other kids. You know, they lose track of what their goals are and they feel like they're just getting beat up by the sport all the time. And again, sometimes their parents are negative. They don't understand him. You know, he had, he had that one, uh, one summer. I look back and I'm keeping track of stuff. I'm like, yep, he had 170 at bats. 170. And I'm like, he had one more tournament to go. I said, we done. Yeah. So you need to call Andy and tell him we're not going. We're not right. coming to Florida. Right. I mean, it's just right. – uh, that's to me, that's way too much on a young body. You know, and, 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 yeah, I'm trying – someone's got to be the voice of reason and looking at it going – because, sure, I go out there every day. If he had a game every day and I'd go watch it, we'd watch it. That's how we are as parents. You want to watch your kids play. But, again, I'm trying to 
control the madness. And again, that's why I never wanted to be a pitcher either, because I saw how kids get abused as pitchers, especially ones that are good. Right. Uh, you know, I didn't want, we do arm, I mean, it's all kinds of things. And again, just so we're all clear, I'm no genius. But what I am good at is listening to people that are. And so. But but what you all did too is that you, you understand, like I said, you've seen the injury, you've seen over a period of time, and selective tournaments and selective plays is, is important. Parents that don't have that back that back information on how to do it, they're letting the kids play, 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 because they're like open. If I just let them play, somebody will see them at, at some point. Well, that doesn't happen that way. You know, it's very selective in different tournaments. Like you say, you have to, you have to put your kids in. Nope, doesn't happen that way. I can tell you uh, just from – because I know Andy. We talked a lot when he was playing for him. Um, very few incidents in his time has some coach come there to watch a particular kid then see another kid and go, I like him. Exactly. exactly. They're typically there. They know they're recruiting, who they're looking for, what positions and stuff, and they're there to watch that kid and exactly. that kid alone. You'd have to do – you'd have to be on the mound throwing darts for them to go, hey, who the hell is this kid? Right. For the most part, they're looking at that one kid. that They're, they're, they're wanting to recruit for a particular reason for their school. And so you, you're sitting over there and you're listening to this thinking that, Man, I, I know my kid's going to get picked up because he's good. I'm going to tell you, you go, he's going to be a senior, and you're going to start scrambling around, and he's going to end up, which is fine. Juco's, all those all, – you play at the next level, you're lucky. That's right. the bottom line. Right. you got to be strategic. you got to be strategic, and you got to plan this out. You can't willy-nilly. you got to right. strategically plan out what you want to do and how you want to attack things, and you got to stick to the process and what's going on. And, and what you can't do is – which, you know – of course, my mom used to tell me this when I was younger all the time, you know, because, you know, we grew up poor. And, Mom, I want some parachute pants. Mom, I want, you know, the, the suede Adidas, you know. And she's like, you know, we, we ain't no money. You ain't getting no Adidas. I'm going to tell you that right now. You go to Walmart, you can get whatever looks suede. Uh, but she said, hey, we ain't keeping up with the Joneses. For sure. For sure. And that's what I tell these kids, man. You can't worry about whatever because everybody's recruiting process is different. Way different. It is. And so when you get caught you up in that in your head. Yes, and you get caught up in – you look, pitchers and catchers in baseball are the first, first ones that always get recruited, and then it's shortstops, you know. Pitchers and catchers get recruited young, and then it goes to shortstops and starts filling the other positions, you know. And you got – these pitchers and catchers are getting recruited as eighth graders. Right. The so top five percent in the country. Basically, if you're not a good pitcher, you end up being an outfielder, basically. Yep, yep. You know, again, you, you're talking about kids that are in eighth grade that are throwing in the high 80s some of these kids are throwing 90 miles an hour in a 14-year-old body, you know? Crazy. It is crazy. And eventually and, uh, it's going to wear them out. They keep playing all those games like that. No, but you, look, you keep tracking stuff like I do with minor league baseball. All those young kids that get drafted, look at how many Tommy John surgeries. I mean, this, Tommy John surgeries have increased almost 100%, you know, since 15 years ago because of that. It's bigger, stronger, faster. With every sports that's doing the same thing, it's uh, you know whatever. We sit and talk about this for hours, man. No, stuff, I good. enjoy all this. He made a name for himself as a star for the College of Charleston basketball teams in the mid to late '90s, and now Jamel President is doing what he can to make sure that the Charleston area kids have a chance to succeed on the court and in life. So I want to you know give some of that back to the community as well. Um, after college and after playing professionally, uh, I started the Day Foundation just to, to be that wealth of knowledge to the kids in the community and, and parents as well. College of Charleston Hall of Famer Jamel President said he saw a need for this 
while he was in school. So he founded the nonprofit Day Foundation. And his philosophy for success is based on what he calls his oatmeal recipe. Let's go and finish together. Basically teaches the game of basketball. Focusing on skills, development, nutrition, and education. Not only SAT, ACT type stuff, but education for parents in how to navigate through the different levels of athletics. And my last topic, um, the oatmeal recipe is, is something that the Day Foundation uh, uh, designed, and it's skill development, education, and uh, nutrition. So I just want to get your, your input, and I'll just get both of your inputs about skill development, right? How important is skill development um, when, it, when, it, when, it, when it comes to not just a sport, but in life? Tyler, I want you to do the sport, and then Jay, I want you to do the, 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 the life. How important is skill development to you? So, I mean, baseball, obviously, very hard sport. So you have to constantly keep up with certain skills, right? So at least the way that we've done things and it's worked out very well is, you know, we find kind of this regiment, this routine that we do. Um, and then we'll do that for a couple weeks, even months, some drills, and then then you mix something else in. For sure. Uh, that way you kind of keep it interesting. It's not, it doesn't seem monotonous. You're not just doing the same thing over and over again. Although some things are like that, but that's just the way it is. Some things you can't avoid. You have to do those things in order to keep your skills up. So that's, that's at least the way it is for baseball. But I mean, honestly, that's how it is for every sport. You have to maintain your skills. You can't, like, there's been times where I've taken, you know, a week or two off of everything, and then I'll go to hit, and everything's all out of whack. Right. And I got to start over. And it's, that's also what's kind of pushed the workout, because, you know, it's very easy to lose these skills. For sure. Now, he's, he's figured that out with the, with the skill stuff, because, again, it was important for me for him to still be a kid as well. So it's one thing to have this work ethic and, you know, again, I mean, I can tell you right now, if he wanted to do baseball six hours a day, I'd find a way we'd be out there every single day doing it. Sure. That's crazy. That's so what we do is I want him to be a kid as well. Sure. Because this is about making this fun, but this isn't a job. It's something that you enjoy doing. You're telling me you enjoy doing this. And we work on these other these skills on the side, you know, and again, sure. maintaining maintaining, maintaining, and always adding. And again, it's all progression. To me, it's all progression on, you know, starting at point A and we're, we're building blocks, man. So these foundation, his foundation is what is the key to everything. For sure. Because if you didn't have that foundation, all this other crazy stuff we do, work. I get, yeah, it ain't gonna work, man. It's not gonna work, you know? So he's got a, he's got a solid foundation on everything baseball-wise. And again, you know, just to hit on this, is I always wanted my kids because I hear guys talk and I always knew what they said was when someone come to watch, even if they weren't there to see my kids, I knew they were going to look at my kid and go, that's one athletic looking damn kid right there. For sure. You know, yeah. and they've done that about him. And that's usually what the coaches say to him. And then we notice, first thing we notice is how athletic you are. For sure. You know, you can do multiple things. And again, I got the same thing going on with my daughters because he doesn't just do baseball. When he was growing up, we made him do football, I made him do soccer. You know, again, he didn't want to play soccer, but I made him. That's one thing I made him do. I was like, this is all footwork, man. It's going to help you out later on in life with something else. And again, we started playing. I said, 
if you're an athlete, you don't matter what it is, you're gonna figure it out. Right. You're gonna be able to play. And again, him and the other boys said, ah, whatever, we'll play. Man, they, they beat everybody's butt, man. I had a whole team together, they played soccer, man. They, they annihilated other all these guys that played soccer their whole life, it was killing them. And I um, and I see your workouts, you know, which will segue into the my other topic, which is education. Because some of the, the things I see Tyler do, he's not lifting heavy weights. He's very doing like stuff that's 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 baseball movements that's going to help strengthen his his muscle memory for a duration of a, of a game. But talking to you in the gym, I forgot the the I don't know the bands or something you mentioned that you said you was reading on and then you uh, wanted to study and implement into it into his workouts. So talk about the education, right? The education of 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 an athlete or a person and what appears to sports because you had to educate yourself on what you're doing. You you didn't have no no book and what you do. So talk about Tyler, how important education is to you as far as the sport, and then Jay talk about his education as far as the career. Yeah, so I've always been told, especially by guys that are higher up, you know, in college and even pro guys that I've talked to. The ones that make it really far in the game are the ones that are students of the game. Awesome. You have to really understand it. You have to pick it apart. You know, you're not, you never know everything. For sure. Um, there's always another situation that can come up and you always kind of have to know what you're supposed to do. Um, they really dive deep into just knowing everything, knowing how to be better at this specific situation. So that's a good point. That's kind of what I'm. That's something that I can always work on. For sure. Jay. Yeah, it's uh, you know, I give my wife credit for for a lot of the the stuff to go on with with our kids. Is that we have a good, we know each other very well, but it's it comes into play with this with education, man. You know, and uh, he's you know, obviously our kids are smart. They all make really good grades. Um, but I think him being smart makes him a better player too. And again, I wasn't the smartest guy. What I what I had was memorization skills. Mm. You hand me something right now and say, hey, in 10 minutes, you're gonna take a test on it. I could probably spit it out to you verbatim. Mm. But 20 minutes later, I couldn't tell you what, the, what any of it was. For sure. So school was hard for me with that aspect. And I did really good at first in the first quarter and it'd get hard but anyways. Uh, educating yourself on how things go you have to you have to broaden what goes on. You can't live in this little bubble that you know. And again, I may look at they may talk to you and you may say, "Hey, Christmas, this is something really good you should do with your kid." I'm listening to every damn thing you say and take it for what it is. Right. But then I'm gonna go educate myself on what you told me right. to make sure I understand. Not that I'm second guessing you, but that I understand what you're talking about, how I'm supposed to implement that under what he's doing. Trust we've done that with, right. yep, we've done that with his, with eating regiments, with all, you know, uh, the workouts, all these things. I'm cross-checking it as much as I can to make sure, I mean, and it might seem really, really psycho or something, whatever, but I, that's my job as a parent. I'm cross-checking these things to make sure that they're the best thing that I can do for him. For sure. You know, and again, then we talk about it. Hey, this is why, this, what do you think about this? We do X, X, Y, and Z, you know, uh, even when it comes to his meals and stuff, which by the, by the way, out of anything that you can do with your child, eating is the hardest thing to get him to do. <laughs> and 
And if you were the gym, you talk to some of those those big meathead guys that are in there. They'll tell you the same thing. For sure. Eating is the hardest thing out of their day to do because you have to eat every two hours. Right. So you imagine we're grown adults. We understand, we can comprehend that, hey, because we've been, we've lived like, we can say, hey, all right, well, I know if I do A, B, and C, it's going to get me to D. Right. Well, these kids, the way they grew up, they're going to go from A to D. Right. And so they don't, they don't understand the stuff in between. And so having to eat every two hours to them is, yeah, I'm not doing that. That's a waste yeah. of time. It's not, not yeah, important. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I ain't got time in my day. I want to go do something else. I'm not going to sit there and eat. And right. so that out of everything we've ever did was the hardest thing to get him to buy into was the nutrition. That is the hardest thing. And I mean, some guys, they look at it differently. Like some of these guys, oh, my kid eats all the time. Your kid ain't eating the right stuff. Right. That's what he eats all the time. He's eating McDonald's and Taco Bell and everything else. It's, there's no nutritional value. And yet, he's bigger, but he's a lot. He's, he's, he's got heavy muscle, which is he got fat. And it ain't going to help him with anything. For sure. And when he gets to college, he loses it. Right. Now he's not the same athlete that he was when they recruited him. And so, well, Tyler, um, let me let me tell you a little bit about nutrition instead of me asking you because your dad already spilled the beans about how you feel about nutrition. But just something you understand: the oatmeal recipe, right? Oatmeal is very nutritious, right? It feeds your it feeds your body. Our muscle goes off protein, right? Not soda, not carbs, off off protein. So think about <clears throat> you get up in the morning and you go to college. You in college, you get up in the morning and you don't eat. This is what you got in your body. That little circle right there, right? So by the time you done go to class, uh, talk to talk to you uh, in the hallway, walking around, you got practice, right? You don't even practice. This is what you got in your body, going to practice. By the end of the day, you've exhausted all that, right? Now do that five times a week, right? Your body can't grow. Your body, your body don't develop. So what you have to do, you have to force yourself to eat. So if you got this in the morning, you want to have that by the night. And by a week, just, just you got in the morning. Every that, and three weeks later, you have that in the morning. So your body is growing, your body's getting bigger. But if you don't eat, you lose, you sweat, your body's gonna eat off itself. So you're never gonna get better, you're never gonna get stronger. So it's a it's a sacrifice, it's a discipline. Because like your dad said, we didn't do it in college. I didn't do it because I mean it was always something else to do, like go out or talk on the phone or whatever, but instead of sitting down and eating and not like burgers and just vegetables and chicken breasts and, you know, not McDonald's and those things were, I mean, they'll fool you up. They're not going to be, they're not going to be, you know, s s providing the right nutrients for your body. Right. Believe me, I've heard of more than times like that. Yeah. So he, he's on the right track now. You know, he's a, uh, he does steak and eggs every morning for breakfast. Uh, he has a shake when he, when, when he get, first gets up in the morning for about 30 minutes before we hit the gym. Um, you know, and I, I don't, and again, I don't, you know, I'm, I, I try to monitor all this stuff. You know, he just, you know, all these guys, man, they're taking creatine when they was in ninth grade. Wow. And so I ain't let my kid take creatine. My kids started taking creatine this year, right? you know, and it's, it's a, a monitored amount. Sure. And he started doing shakes on a weekend. We monitor this stuff. And I say, well, he's not doing, like, I know, I know some friends of mine whose kids are going to different, you know, big division one schools. And they doing like five shakes a day on top of all the food. And I'm like, my thing is, because we've lived it, we understand these these shakes and stuff you buy from GNC, they're not 
monitored by the Food and Drug Administration. For sure. For sure. We ain't got stuff in there. Sure. You know, so we taking it for, 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 for a grain of salt, what is there. So, yeah, I'm more, he's going to do them because, you know, it's, it's, we're going to need to supplement some. For sure. Because it's hard to get all those calories in them at day. And because um, you're burning, so you're burning while you, you're working out, you're burning. I didn't know creatine was still around. <laughs> I thought yeah. creatine, that's how they stopped creatine. Yo, man, it's still around, man. You gotta make sure he drinks yeah. enough water with that. But he's, you know, obviously you noticed it. He's, he's filling out a little bit. And I think again, everybody's body's different. Um, For sure. For sure. And he's a. Uh, our main thing was, I, I'm not as worried about the way he looks. For that say, I don't, I don't need him being big and bulky. We wanted him. Hey, you're a middle infielder, outfield type kid. We need you being limber, uh, and, and and also strong. It's all about right. strength, right. you know. And that's what we've been working towards. And again. I'm fortunate that I've put myself in my life in situations where, like yourself, like I've met you and, and different guys I've met along my my life, my path. And so I've always stayed in touch with those guys. For and sure. so I always lean on people for advice that have been there and done that, you know, you know, especially with when you got guys that have played at a high level. There's a reason why they got there. And some of it, yeah, God-given talent. But right. – They've made the right choices in some things, and they can give you some insight on how they did stuff, you know. And, uh, and again, uh, you know, uh, just, just real quick, a buddy of mine that works with me, uh, Brett Gardner, yeah. who, played, who played at the College of Charleston, plays yeah. for the Yankees, he lives behind him over in Somerville. Okay. And so uh, he's talking to me about Tyler the other day. I said, hey, man, I said, uh, I said do me a favor because I don't know him. You know, I ain't never met the guy. But right. he talks to him all the time. So you taught him. Ask him if he minds, you know, if he, he would, you know, meet with my son and talk to him for 30 minutes, man. Just give him 30 minutes of his time. He'll meet him anywhere just to help him understand, like, on Brett's, how he got, you know, his mindset on these things and, you know, how he handled college because he's got a great story, man. You know, sure. a guy that walked on at the College of Charleston, you know, and now he's done, done a long career of the Yankees, you know. Um, the mental aspect of the game on how he was able to maneuver through all those things because, the, you know, it's – old thing school thing is knowledge is power and it is the more we know the better prepare ourselves for life and, and the things that we're going to that we're going to encounter um and, and you made a good point uh uh jay is that yeah people play at a high level and it's easy, easy to get there but what we're talking about tyler is a word i want you to always think about sustainability that's the thing that's the, the things you do that we talk about the a b c d the sustainability letters are the B and C's. That's what the, that's what the workers right then, because everybody's going to do A and D. Everybody's going to start, everybody's going to finish. Nobody's going to do the, all the work in between. That's the sustainability window right there that's going to help you, you know, per, per, uh, stay with good progress. Yeah, all right. Well, the Christmases, I appreciate you guys' time, man. This, this is going to be awesome. Um, I think it's a lot of wealth, a wealth of knowledge that a lot of families can hear, you know, Jay putting it down, just, you know, how you get into, how you got him to a certain point, positive, the positive reinforcement, the mental aspect of it, I think is awesome, man. So I appreciate your time tonight. No, no, no. I look forward to be back on your program when my daughter's committing to Clemson to play soccer. For sure, for sure, for sure. You already have a blueprint, so we'll be good to go by that time. Yeah, man, I'm gonna alter it a little bit, man. I'm gonna have to change with what goes on, but yeah, I mean, we're gonna, we're gonna, you'll be seeing me in the gym with her as soon as he, we're gonna start mix them together, but then she'll be there full time with me for, for a while. 
Then I'll now start you might, bringing the... you might get a little body language and eye rolls from a female, but you, that's that's got to be acceptable. You know that. Yeah, you, you, you know that's how that goes, man. I got I got to be careful with her. <laughs> you 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 still around? You'll see the little one, the youngest one. That's what she's gonna be doing. For By sure. then, I'm gonna be so old, man. She's gonna be telling me what to do the whole time. <laughs> that's what's up. Well, I'll see you guys in the morning. I'm pretty sure. You will. We appreciate right. it. Right. Appreciate you. Have a good right. night. Thanks. So there it goes, guys. Another one in the books. Um, and you heard a very, very good touching message, father and son message um, to one former student athlete and another current student athlete in ways on on how parents you can, you know, interact with your kids and help them get from one place to another. I think it was an awesome story. Big ups. Congratulations to Tyler. Uh, coming up next, we got... Um, my high school coach Earl Brown, um, someone who I looked up to, been looked up, been looking up to um, for since I met him, and the um, the life lessons um, he taught me how to be tough, how to go get it. All right, those things are are very very well embedded in me. So we'll uh, be right back. What Jermel is doing with Today Foundation and. The approach he's taking to help develop young athletes, first of all, getting them prepared from the academic standpoint, which, as you know as well as I do, Bobby, that's the most important element to try to get them to eat healthy, to be able to train properly, to get the proper education, and then hopefully for those who are talented enough to have a chance to move on to perhaps even get a free education by going off to college. But I love what Jermel is doing. It's a wonderful program. Hopefully more people in the community will get behind it and some of the businesses involved as well to help sponsor this program because these are the kind of things that every community needs. Looking out for the best interest of the youth, the future of this country is in our youth. And everything that we can do to help prepare them better for that is absolutely wonderful. And, and I can't express adequately enough my admiration and respect for what Jermel is doing and hopefully he'll get a lot of help from a lot of people. You can follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Jamel President and on Twitter at President Jamel. Make sure to subscribe to this podcast as I'll be bringing you a new interview every month.